Luka Doncic dominates in the first three minutes, keeps it going for 32, and the Jazz lose by 50 to the Dallas Mavericks. We're digesting it all next on Postcast. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Utah Jazz fall by 50 to the Dallas Mavericks tonight. Luka got Luka came in on fire. His previous two games, he had 36 points, 15 rebounds, and 18 assists. And he had 41 points, 9 rebounds, and 9 assists. So in the last two games, Luka came in averaging 39 points, 12 assists, 12 rebounds, and 15 assists. That was his average. So he kept him down. Because he was below his average for what he was for the last two games. Because tonight he was only 40 points, 10 rebounds, and 11 assists. Wow. Good thing he didn't play four quarters. He actually played the fewest moments of any player in the history of the NBA to ever have a 40-point triple-double by playing only 32 minutes tonight. About 49 attempts from the three-point line. That, and then they made 22. They had like 101 shot attempts, attempts, didn't they? They had 101 <clears throat> attempts, Yes. Jazz uh, fell behind 40-29 to 29 at the end of one. It was 74-51 by the half. It was 109-74 at the end of three. And then it was 147-97 at the end of the game. If you're wondering, we have lost by 50 on three occasions uh, recently. We tied the Utah Jazz franchise record for largest loss. The largest loss ever was in 1979 in New Orleans against Milwaukee. So that happened. Um you're probably, I mean, I think it got away and it got ugly, but really fast. But even after that first quarter, you're only down 11. And they I, scored 40 points. I got to be honest. There have been plenty of nights that we're doing this job for 15 years where I've watched this and been like, oh, my gosh, we are just beep, beep, right? I actually didn't think that tonight. Like, I didn't come out here and think to myself, like, at the end of the first half, like, I, you've been with me. Like, I take off my headsets and learn, turn you and go, like, what the, is going on? Like, I'm as emotional as a fan. I didn't do that once tonight. Like, I just think Luka came in and body blowed them enough that he just kind of broke their will. Like, he was that great. He was that great early. He was that great every – the only minutes he wasn't that great is when he was sitting on the bench. But the minute he came back in the game, it was just like he hits you again right in the gut. It was like the boxers, and one boxer was fine. We were George Clooney tonight, to, and Larry Spinks or whatever that Larry Holmes or whatever that fight was, where he was like the total tomato can. It definitely felt like that. But I, I, I felt like I actually didn't think we were awful until kind of the end of the game. I, you know, I'm not going to judge anybody on like playing a game down 34. But did you think we were awful early? I, that's what I was making. The point I was making of only down 11. And on a couple of occasions, you know, we were staying right there. And I just thought, that, okay, this is not a very good defensive team. Uh, sure enough, the Jams are shorthanded, but we can stay in this game. But the second quarter ended up being out for 34 to 22 to add on to the 11 points that you were down. And it just, that, that was the ball game. Now, as a defender, Trying to defend local, you wonder, okay, what else can I do? What else can I do? We saw Gessler make those comments to the coach. Right. What am I supposed to do? Super you know? telling moment. Walker's like, the, the game plan on the pick and roll is that Walker's got to stop the ball. Like, that's yes. his primary job. He's got to stop the ball. So he's 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 guarding the ball, and Luca now starts because, and I'm sure he's been talked to about, like, you got to be closer to the ball. You gotta be, so then Luca starts lobbing to 
the next guy. I mean, this is why, like mm-hmm. Will Hardy said in the pregame, like I, I hope Luca doesn't put on a masterclass against us because he reads the game better than anyone ever. And Walker literally is talking like, coach, coach, what do I do? Like, I mean, Walker was super frustrated. I mean, I, I don't know what you do. Because it makes him look bad. Right. It, it makes him look bad, and, and that's, you know, for the most part what, what Luca does. But trying to defend a guy like that when he has such a green light uh, and, and he's that good, pulls up from 30 and shoots a three-point shot, your pickup point might be lower than that, and, and it just, you know, Right. I'm with Luke. I'm, I'm with Kessler. You know, what do you do? What's so interesting for me about the drama, and I shared this story today uh, when we were with, did our pregame show with Scott Morrison early in the day, jazz assistant. So I was really good friends, or hopefully still am, but we don't talk that much anymore, with Igor Kokoshkov. And he and I used to go to coffee every morning on the road for, what, two years? Two, three years, I think that? Pretty like, close. Long. Yeah. Every, every single day on the road, no matter what, where we were, whatever, Igor and I went to coffee for an entire year. Igor, at some point in every coffee, would talk about Luca. This was before he was in the league. I mean, I literally joked with Igor at one point, like, are you having an affair with him? Like, is this your new girlfriend? Can you just, like, not talk? Like, is, is it pop? And it was always, like, uncoachable, David. Uncoachable. Not, not, not uncoachable, like, difficult. Like, uncoachable, like, the things he does are uncoachable. His vision is uncoachable. He gets it, like, every, it's, I mean, I, I remember a walk, a long walk in Phoenix. We were staying at this hotel, and the, and the coffee shop is not anywhere close. And we were, and the whole walk back, and I, he was like, anyone who doubts him. Like, so if you're ever wondering if Arizona, when he was the head coach in Phoenix, if Igor wanted to draft Luca, I promise you, Igor wanted to draft, like, don't, don't doubt that one at all. But, like, it's so interesting to watch it come to fruition. This, Jokic is the best player in the world and deserves all the flowers. I, I really don't know why there's a – I don't know if I – like, I don't want to say, like, it, I hate, like that's the best offensive player in the world right now. Like, there's nothing quite like that in the way he has the ball in his hands and dominates the game. And just think about the stories they've heard at the age of 13. Right. And how good he was at the age of 13 and, and you know, getting a chance to turn pro. It was, it was at the age of 13 he turned pro? And then I think he wanted – Real played for Real Madrid, I think, and won a champion, a Euro championship at like 16 or 18 or something like that. I mean, this guy's just, yeah. So he, he's been good for, for an awfully long time. You know? It's really crazy. All right, let's talk jazz for a second. There were some things tonight. Ochai Apache takes the most shots tonight. He goes 5 of 10 from 3, has 21 points. Um, he battled. You know, I really thought, you know, Keontae has a homecoming tonight. He has 11 assists. He was 2 of 11 from the field, unfortunately, coming back home. Taylor Hendricks gets his first double-digit night of the year. What jumped out to you? Well, um, not a lot. What really, uh, not, I just can't pinpoint one thing that really jumps out other than the fact that the Jazz were scrambling the whole ball game. Colin Sexton goes another night without a field goal. That's only happened to him twice in his entire NBA career other than one game last year where he um, – played and did not uh, he played like five minutes and left with an injury so in a full game this is the second time this happened to him in like two weeks and it never happened to him before so that's worth knowing. Let's go to Hendricks for a second that's probably the most interesting thing for Jazz fans he played 25 minutes tonight. Impressed with him What, what are you seeing out of him? I, I was impressed with him. I, I like this movement out there on the floor um, and I think a few more weeks in, in the G League he could probably come up and, and demand some time. I want your thoughts. So I did the fourth five things I thought we should watch in the next 20 games on my podcast today. I did mm-hmm. not consult you. Um, I don't remember all of them, but the five were 
obviously Keontae, Lowry's development. Um, line in the sand was actually my first one. Like, can we continue to play in a level that was like matching the way we play since line in the sand? So we probably didn't do that tonight. Um, so anyway, those were, and I didn't involve Taylor Hendricks. And I said purposely on the podcast, like, I think he's the next 20. Like in, in games, he's, I think we look at, watch him from 41 to 60. But from 20 to 40, I still think it's valuable if he's playing 35 minutes a night in the G League, if you can get Lowry and Kelly back on the floor. What's your, it might, do you can agree with me or do you think I'm off on this one? I think, that's what I said. I, I think he needs a little more time in, in the G League. His confidence is definitely there. You can see that. Um, but just a few more, and, and that's what the G League is all about. And right. That's what it's for. You develop players, give them a chance to get their confidence level up, and understand the what the Jazz are doing here because everything they do in the G League is uh, comparable or exactly what the Jazz do here. So you, whenever you make that move to come up, you fit right in with the, with the style of play. Uh, the player that I'd like to see get going here is is Kessler. You know, if, yeah. if, if he if he's um, a little behind right now, so I'd like to see him catch up. Yeah, he looked he looked. Uh, he looked a little frustrated, frustrated and lifeless again tonight, which he had earlier and then hadn't looked that way since he came back from the injury. Um, Derek Lively was, you know, really good tonight. Ten points, four rebounds, and had an impact. But he also has Luca throwing the ball to him, which, yeah. I mean, difference. there is a part of this that I don't want to just – the number one story of our season, if we're just going to be blunt, is that our guards have not been very good. Jordan has had some moments, but Colin Talon – and Keontae's fine. But he's developing, but, I mean – on the other one, I, I don't have it in front of me, but I think Keontae's shooting 33%. Like, he's fat, he's doing great things, and he's on his way. Yeah. But let's just be honest. Our starting point guard is shooting 33%. So, and, and if you look at the top, I think it's, I'm, I'm guesstimating here for a second, but if you look at the top 60 pick-and-roll guards in the NBA, Talon's like 56, and Keontae's 57th yeah. out of 60. Like, they're not pick-and-roll guards. So, it's hard for Walker to have a good, like, the things that Walker needs to be good are good guard play that's bringing a lot of attention so he can sneak behind to get the ball or get lobs. And, and that this roster right now doesn't have that. Yeah, and, and the Jazz offense, for the most part, um, it's not about posting up because you don't have a, a post-up player that can get it done. Collins every now and then, you like to see Walker develop something, you know, develop something like that. But right now, um, he just um, got to start playing better. Demanding some, some minutes out there on the floor. Now, Keontae, I think what I like to see out of him, David, is, is he's got to monitor his speeds. I mean, he doesn't have to play that same pace all the time because even in, in the early offense or the transition break, he's, he doesn't have a, a, a burst because I think he's worried about getting into that secondary break, you know, just a bit through. you got to break that sometimes and, and just take off and, and make some things happen. We are playing super slow. I think we're last in the league or right. 29th in the league crossing half court and getting in actions. Right. All right. One final note on tonight's loss. This is supposed to be really honest about, like, our three best offensive players didn't play. Did not play. Right? I mean, yeah. this roster is not built for no Lowry Market and no Jordan Clarkson, no Kelly Linick. We came into the Portland game without those three. Our offensive rating was an 80. And somehow we snuck through the Portland game and got a win, and I think we, like, forgot about it for, you know, heading into this. Like, we're not built without Kelly, without Jordan, without our three best offense players. Kelly's a ball facilitator and mover. Lowry and Jordan are our best scorers. Those are our three best offensive players, unless someone's going to tell me somebody else is, but I, I'm not buying. Um, and I think our offensive numbers show that those three are the best when they're on the floor. You're missing our three best offensive players. With this, it's not going to be – it's going to get ugly, and that's what, that's what happened tonight. So, um, all right, thank you very much for tuning in. As Lacey points out, please meet triumph and disaster the same. And if you do, our stars tonight, 
The only star that you would give out, I mean, everybody's a minus. Yeah, we lost by 50, Ron. Look at the starting lineup. Look at that. Minus 40, minus 40, minus Can I give Ochai Abaji a star? That night was minus 47. Right. That's the point. That was the only one I was going to give a star. I was going Taylor and Ochai. I'm just going Abaji. I'm going Taylor and Ochai. Lacey, give Taylor his first star. Have a great night, everybody. See you.